All right, Jerry, my apologies. Thank you for being patient. Trying to get all these technologies connected takes time, but we're ready to go. Uh, before we go, when, any, any word on when we might be able to you know, sit around the table and do this? Um, why don't we cover that under miscellany at the end of the okay. meeting as part of the meeting? Great. All right. Well, let's open the meeting. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for the June meeting of the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission. Uh, appreciate all of you attending and participating tonight and welcome our guests uh, to talk on on various topics tonight. Um, Porter, uh, you want to do the housekeeping message for our uh, Zoom YouTube? Uh, sure. Um, basically, um, just remember that this meeting is being broadcast on YouTube and recorded um, on YouTube um, and made available publicly that way. Um, just ask everybody to mute during the meeting so that we don't have any um, distractions and also to state your name each time you um, are going to speak just so if anybody's listening remotely they know who's speaking that will be very helpful and I know we all tend to forget hopefully gentle reminders from me or Jerry will be received um, gracefully uh, we'll do that so uh, I think that's all I have for now Jerry thank you okay great so we'll call the meeting to order I have uh, 737 uh, we'll do a roll call. I'm going to read off uh, the names, and if you could give a come off of mute and give a verbal here, that would be great. Uh, we'll start with Christina Walker. Hi, I'm Christina Walker here. Joshua Fallleaf. Don't see Joshua here. Marlo. Hello, Angel. Present. Hi, Denise, I'm present. Mary. Mary Dubton. She's You're on, on mute. mute. You're on mute. Okay. I know, I know. This is just a different <laughs> way to get up. Yes, Mary Dubton here. <laughs> I've done that so many times, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Haven't we all? Uh, James? James could not be here tonight. Okay. Sarah? I'm here. Jordan? Here. Dina? Hi, Dina Amon. I'm here. Daniel? Did you say my name? I did say your name. Oh, yes. Daniel B. Smith, I am here. Great. And I'm Jerry Johnson, and I'm here as well. All right, so um, again, thanks for coming. The, our first thing that we order of business is to approve the minutes. We have the um, pleasure of approving two minutes tonight. I guess we'll do those separately. Um, I hope you, hope you all had a chance to review those. We had the, um, uh, the special meeting in April, uh, which was a short meeting with a single topic of the mural for uh, that was on the flower shop. Um, so, any any comments uh, on those before we move to approve? 
I'll just make a comment. I see she started, which is exciting. So excited to see it finished. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, okay, can I have a, a motion to approve those minutes, please? I motion to approve the minutes. Uh, I'll second. Speaking. Okay. okay. Dina, I'm on second. Okay. All in favor? Say aye. Raise your hand. Uh, let the record show that everybody has raised their hand in affirmation. <laughs> okay. Great. I'd like to pause uh, here because um, I would like to point out the quality of the meeting minutes for the May meeting. Um, these these are these are excellent uh, meeting minutes, and thank you very much, uh, Jordan, for uh, for putting those together. I read those uh, earlier today, and I thought, now this is. I mean, I don't know if you went back and looked at the video or if you just take that good of notes, but they were spectacular. And I, for one, really appreciate your effort in capturing uh, in capturing those in such a great way. So thank you. Thank Porter and Melody for their patience. It was a, uh, we got there. Yeah, yeah, they're great. I mean, you captured everything so, uh, so well. So thank you. Um, does anyone now having said that, does anyone dare uh, call into question any text in, in those uh, meeting minutes? <laughs> okay, great. Can I have a motion to approve those? I move to approve, please. All right. And a second. I will second. All right. All in favor. Let's just make sure I see all hands raised. All hands are raised for the record, so they are approved unanimously. All right, great. Um, on, uh, on, on my agenda here tonight, Porter, I didn't ask you about this earlier in our, in our uh, earlier conversation, but I mean, there is a, there's a general public comment thing. I don't know. Do we have anyone, do, should we pause for that? Is there anyone uh, general public uh, wise that we need to uh, acknowledge or, or uh, give time to? Um, just as a, for explanation. So with the change in the health order, um, we've changed our policies here and therefore people are not um, encouraged to, I mean, Zoom is certainly an option but people are also now welcome to come to City Hall. Not that they would have been turned away before, but we were trying to encourage people only who needed access, who didn't have technology. So with that, um, we don't require getting written public comments, although that's also still acceptable. So I would say that, yes, it's appropriate to call for public comment just to see if anybody has anything that they want to speak to. Um, I'm not sure we have anybody here that wants to do that. Um, there, there's nobody in the commission room, so. Okay. All right. Fair enough then. All right. Well, then we'll move on. And I was super excited to see that Clint was joining us tonight to give us an update on um, downtown master plan. And um, so I will uh, turn it over to to Clint. Clint is a 
I mean, for those of you who, who know or, or may not know, uh, Clint was a, is a past LCAC member and he was the liaison to, uh, for our group to that master plan and has participated in those meetings. And um, I, I think just as a matter of uh, generosity on his part and to inform us, he has agreed to come in and sort of uh, tie up any loose ends and present to us what he's learned from, uh, from those efforts. So thanks, Clint. I'll turn it over to you. All right. Thanks, Jerry. Good to see you guys again. Um, so I, I wish I were tying, tying up loose ends, but um, the, <laughs> the whole process, it looks like, has been extended. So uh, what we had a couple of weeks ago was supposed to be the final meeting. Um, I think there was some uh, lack of understanding that basically they were going to present us with their um, plan and with the anticipation that we would just sign off on it. Um, and I think, I think it be, became pretty clear early on in the discussion that that wasn't going to happen, that there were just still too many questions um, to be answered. Um, so what, what ultimately happened um, is, we, you know, our response instead of a yay or nay was a request that the consultant asked the city to give us one more meeting um, to allow for further dialogue. Um, so that's, I don't think the city, Porter, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know that they've approved that, um, but a date has been set for July 8th um, for further discussion and um, hopefully to maybe approve the plan. That's as I understand it, too. Yeah. So, you know, there were the, um, I kind of made some notes here. Um, I don't know if any of you have looked over, you know, you can find on and Porter can share the the link, but you can see on the city's website kind of the the draft plan that they have. Um, it's pretty, you know, it, it touches on a lot of different subjects, um, you know, and, and public art is one of those. I, I think there are, um, you know, there's also, you know, suggestions for uh, like a permanent home for uh, the farmer's market. Um, which could also be a, a gathering place for music or other, you know, performances. Um, you know, there's, there's calling out more kind of smaller parks in the downtown area um, that could also be for, for some gatherings and for some public art. So I, I felt um, pretty good about the, you know, they acknowledged from the beginning that downtown is kind of the social and cultural hub um, of the city. Um you know, so so the goal would be to maintain that. You know, it talks a lot of also about um, you know connecting downtown to the river, to north of the river, um, and to the areas particularly um, east and west of of Mass. So it's you know, and it's it's looking out kind of twenty years. You know, where do you want to be twenty years from now? Um, so I, I felt pretty good about the statement some or about the presentation and and um you know some of the the sticking points i guess um during the the presentation to the steering committee um one was some people felt like the the plan was maybe going too or going too far um, in some areas. And, and I, I actually honestly felt differently. I, I felt like there are some areas where they needed to be a little more specific. I felt some things were kind of like, 
vague and somewhat like obvious, um, you know, and I, I think you hire a consultant to really kind of steer you a little better. Um, so um, there was some kind of, I guess, disagreement on that, but it, I think it's like 12 people on the this committee. So, you know, getting 12 people to agree on anything, especially 12 people who, many of whom are stakeholders um, and, and have a vested interest in, in what downtown looks like, you know, in the next 20 years. Another kind of sticking point, another thing that there was a lot of discussion about was, was architecture. And, you know, there's an architect on the board and then um, the, uh, the gentleman from historic preservation. And, you know, so they, they were kind of, they kind of headed up two different opinions of, you know, should every building and down on, you know, on mass look the same, um, like it was built um, a long time ago, or should the ones that are historic be preserved that way, and allow for, you know, some more, you know, some varying types of buildings. Um, so I think that's another point There was, you know, I know one person felt like this, um, this plan shouldn't include that. I felt strongly that it should. I think if developers are going to come in, there needs to be clear path um, or clear list of do's and don'ts because um, I think that's already gotten us in trouble. I think we um, on a couple of occasions. Um, so uh, Porter, I don't know um, if there was more you wanted me to try to cover. It was a long meeting and um, so a lot of things were discussed, but I don't want to take up all of all of this meeting to go over all of that. No, I, I appreciate the update, and I really appreciate you coming out of retirement <laughs> to uh, to join rejoin that planning effort. And um, yeah, it was it was um, not expected that it would be delayed, but I think it's a good idea because there were certainly a lot of questions. I think part of it too was that there was just some confusion about some things. Um, you know, this plan isn't written in stone in the sense that it's it's not giving specific direction. It's offering. Here's what's what's possible um, based on the research that the consultant team did. So, it, I, there were a couple of properties listed as possibly being um, opportunity spots, and people were concerned that that meant that they were automatically going to be eradicated or something. And that that certainly is not part of this plan. So, I think part of it was just dispelling some of the confusion as well. So, I think that's a great update. I appreciate it, Clint. Yeah, happy to do it. So I, I have a question, uh, maybe it's for Porter, maybe for Clint, whoever. Um, so, you know, the adoption of this plan, so we, the city is, has, uh, you know, has hired the consultants to do that and they're going to produce this plan. What, what does that mean, the adoption of it? Does it, does it drive policy or, or who's responsible for, um, you know, sort of living or executing the, the plan? I know that, that I, I would say, Jerry, that's still kind of a question in my mind. Um, you know, I, I know it because, you know, for this, you know, the implementation of this plan is going to take a lot more work, like really kind of diving down. Um, so I don't know, you know, I, my impression and maybe Porter knows more um, is that this will be a guiding plan. And then as things move ahead, they'll they'll apply this plan to various aspects Um you know, of the, of the development of downtown. I don't know, Porter, do you have any, anything? No, to I, add? Think, I think that's right. I mean, similar to the cultural plan that has the matrix, 
those are things that are options that are sort of available. And so this is, you know, this has been a um, engaged and methodical process to really look at downtown and all of the different attributes, strengths and weaknesses, all that stuff, and then put together a package of information that then is available, you know, and, and that will ultimately be approved by the city commission to say, okay, we agree that these things are all possibilities. Then it's a matter of who would want to act on any of those possibilities, if that makes sense. And obviously within legal limits and all that. Yeah. Cause I think it, you know, it take a combination of the city and developers and, you know, a, a whole combination, you know, if you wanted to do the whole thing, you know, that's a whole combination of people. So it feels like, you know, different groups could kind of pick up different aspects of it. So the city, the city, but the city commission will approve, quote unquote, approve the plan. I, I believe that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's my understanding too. But yeah, they're, they're, I, I guess they're just approving that they're going to have these guidelines going forward. Okay. Great. Thanks, Clint. Absolutely. All right. Uh, if nothing else, I will sign off. Will we be able to twist your arm to uh, to come back and after the final uh, the final thing, uh, if you, if you feel like there's a you know uh, a, a big takeaway from it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Okay. Great. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Thank you guys. Good to see you. Appreciate it. Good to see you. All right. So I think for the first time in history, my uh, tenure on this uh, this uh, this commission, uh, you know, which to quote my friend Joshua, has been one million years. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, don't jinx it. <laughs> we we have. We have, have had two mural proposals in back-to-back -back meetings, which is fantastic, of course. Um, and I'm super excited that uh, Eliza is here to tell us uh, about the project that they have uh, have in the works. And I looked over the paperwork today, and uh, I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to find a better wall to put something pretty on. So um, good for you guys for... for uh, targeting that spot and uh, I think the topic is uh, is great so anyway I want to give you you all you an opportunity to uh, tell us about uh, about your vision for this thing so welcome sure thank you Jerry um, thank you all for the opportunity to speak on this project this is actually a proposal that we put together um, last May right in the heart of when all the covid pandemic was starting so it's exciting that it's finally coming to fruition. Um, the idea behind the mural is to honor um, essential workers, especially those in the food restaurant industry who are often artists themselves um, and, and just the work that they've done to keep us all afloat and healthy and fed and well um, in the past year and a half. And we were looking for a location with a lot of visibility um, hoping this will be a mural where visitors to Lawrence and, you know, uh, locals alike will enjoy viewing it. And I think, um, you know, I, I have to say I reached out to Joan Golden on a Monday morning and by that afternoon she'd already gotten back to me excited about um, the opportunity to 
house the mural house the mural on the outside of their building there and i think the fact that that alleyway that kind of alley intersection there is so open a lot of people will see it from a lot of different businesses right there and it'll be kind of neat there for um david milton's too um something more beautiful to look out on so um they've agreed to it you know the the project will employ um up to 20 van gogh youth um art assistants uh, you know our art director will lead the project he's very accomplished and just finished a mural in lecompton i don't know if you all saw that in the paper um which is his hometown so um, the stipulation from U.S. Bank and then also um, Lynn Zollner suggested this and we're comfortable with this and we've done this before was to put the mural on panels <clears throat> as is the mock-up shows there. Um, so that's the plan. Um, so they will be painted, um, although it's way more romantic to paint in an alleyway on a brick building and be out there um, live doing that, I think it's going to make more sense for this project and just um, for a lot of reasons um, to paint it at Van Gogh and then we'll have it installed. Um, and then we, we had a non-arts partner. So the, the funder for this is KCAIC, which is Kansas Creative Arts Industries. I'm sure many of you know that. Um, and this type of project, you um, collaborate with a non-arts partner, and that partner is Lawrence Restaurant Association, although you could argue that they are also artists, but um, we're going to work together with them, um, and they will be one of our clients um, for the project. And then we might, um, we're trying to figure out how we're going to work out something where they can also benefit um, in their fundraising for the Lawrence Restaurant Association with the project. So that is TBD on how that's going to happen, but that is on the, um, on the docket to be discussed. So I am here if you all have any questions or um, anything, I'm happy to answer any questions. All right, thanks for that and the uh, beautiful bird music in, in the background. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw uh, my was outside, so I uh, thought that sounded like a good idea. Yeah, no, it's nice. Thanks. Um, so I, I want to open it up to our group uh, to ask questions. You know, we we have a checklist and uh, and a uh, uh, process sort of that we've put together over, over the years to ensure or ensure, I don't know about ensure, but to promote good outcomes to, uh, to these, these types of things. And, and this group is very keen on, uh, uh, you know, I, I know you know the history. We, we've had some, some mural uh, issues in town over the years and everything, which we've been able to largely resolve, I, I think, in, in positive ways. But we've come up with this checklist and these ideas of the contract and all that type of stuff to try to um, get out ahead of those types of things when we when we do um, when we do this kind of uh, kind of art. Now, I would like to acknowledge it right off the bat that because this is on panels that are on a building, I think we're we're uh, we have relief from some of those other problems where you're putting paint on brick and and so on and so forth. So um, I acknowledge right off the bat that. Um, you know, that that sort of gives us some uh, uh, breathing room, I guess, if you will, on, on some of those things. But anyway, I want to open it up to the group 
uh, for questions about uh, any uh, any concerns or um, sometimes this group really just likes to uh, you know give finger snaps for good ideas and stuff and those are those are always great too so anyway I'll open it up to anyone Joshua of course I have something to say um, <laughs> Joshua it's hard to hear you all right I, I was toying around with new technology is this better this is much better thank you <laughs> sorry I'm I'm not a tech guy but I have too much equipment over here. Um, um, first, I'd, I'd like to say welcome, Eliza. Um, I am aware of uh, some Van Gogh engagements with Haskell uh, of late, and I I, I'm gonna follow up with an email about such matters. Uh, secondly, I say if it's on panels and not paint on brick, Let's be radical and crazy and do something awesome. It's uh, and two, uh, I think the U.S. Bank location is historically a uh, a spot where uh, indigenous people uh, in Lawrence, particularly Haskell folks, have demonstrated and performed and sang and danced and. I don't. I don't want to force anything, or or change whatever scheme it is. But you know, I think some of that some of that history is important. And and I always, of course, I'm biased, and I'm gonna declare that at the outset and and be unabashedly biased um, to to represent some of the indigenous communities and. and uh, in, in all of works of art, as we've seen in murals across the, uh, across the city uh, in, in many cases. So I, I appreciate your proposal. I think it's a wonderful location and I think it can be a, a beautiful hub for, you know, any number of, of wonderful events. So uh, I'm all for it. I'm very supportive of it and I will follow up with you uh, after this meeting, I'm sure. Yes. Um, you may have seen the, the mural we did for the county last fall, and we did consult with Mona Cliff on that, and she did some beautiful um, ribbon designs that were um, Osage, um, of the Osage tradition. So, and she's on our board of directors, so we will absolutely um, consult her in the design and make sure that that's interwoven into the design. So, thank you for saying that. All right, any other comments or questions? Okay, not hearing any, I will, I'll jump in with a few. Um, so, you know, I, I want to be fair, I'm 100% I'm supportive of this and, and, and I think it's a great idea and I'm excited about the project. Um, I, I want to be fair to our process and um, throw out, um, you know, it would be, it would be nice for us to, um, you know, to see, so I read through the emails from, from the bank and I actually, I was telling Porter, I used to be a tenant in that, in that building and, um, had my office in there and, and everything. And it just, it, I mean, I, I got a general positive vibe from it, but it just didn't seem like I got, there was a, Hey, go for it. This is a go. So I, I for one, would 
to see um, something, you know, more of a letter of support or whatever from them. Um, again, and I'm just one person uh, speaking, but, and then the, the only other thing that, that typically comes along with this um, is, you know, a, I understand that, you know, we, we got letters from the people who are offering financial support and so forth, but it'd be nice to see if, you know, if Dave would, or, you know, write a note or whatever, uh, you know, Milton's, um, or, you know, the, the other businesses across the street and, and so forth. Um, it'd be nice to have, you know, like direct, uh, support from them, um, on, on this. I, it, that's just my, again, my, my opinion. I, I really like our checklist and I like, uh, I think it's flexible for different types of, of things. Um, and so um, I would recommend, you know, that, that you, you review that. Um, the As far as the contract thing goes, I mean, I don't know if you looked at it. Um, in this case, I think because it's on panels that, you know, I think there's, I'm, I'm not sure that's even necessary. It, I mean, it's a nice thing to look at. Porter likes to point out, and he's and he's right in pointing it out that it protects the artist. But I mean, you 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 guys have been down the road on this stuff. I'm not. I, I don't have particular concerns about uh, about that. You 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 all have done. You know, this is uh, uh, common activities for you guys and so forth. So I, I don't envision any surprises there. So that those are my only comments is that it'd be nice to get a, you know, a few neighborly support uh, type of letters and then something a little bit more in, in my mind, a little bit more definitive from the bank. Um, understanding that it's, you know, low risk because it's panels and so on and so forth. So I don't know if anyone else has any further comment on that or. No, I, I would, Jerry, I would just like to support that. I mean, that's what we asked of, of the previous, the most recent mural. Um, just to get some, not not that it's make or break, but some uh, local uh, business or residents uh, support or not support, uh, but just some feedback um, from others who who could respond well or not well, or just just to get the sense of of what we're going into. I think that's I think it's a certainly a worthwhile endeavor and. Um, well rewarding in the end, just to get a sense of how people are going to respond to it uh, once it is installed. Denise, thank you, I, Josh. I'm Denise Stone, and I have a comment about the process. Definitely, I support what Jerry said, and I think I want to emphasize that looking at actually applying for this, although you have a great application, I was very impressed with the, the clarity and the thoroughness of that application, but you really need to follow the, uh, the checklist that goes with it and to fill in some of those areas that need to be completed. So, and it may feel like you're applying again, but you're actually not. You're just gonna be completing the process. So I'd appreciate it if you would do that. Thanks. Thanks, Denise. Anyone, any comments from anyone else? Okay. 
So um, just as a matter of timing on this, because we, we do want to be sensitive to that. I mean, you, if you all are doing those panels uh, in-house or whatever, I mean, we're, we're, if we ask you to, you know, come back, well, I don't know, we come back, you can come back next month or not, but if we ask you to submit those things between now and our meeting next month, is, are, is that, does that impact your schedule at all? Um, oh, Eliza, is that would that impact your schedule, or or if we asked you to submit those things, and then we could we could make our uh, you know recommendation in in next month's meeting? I'm sure we will plan to start the project probably early September, so ah. that would give us you know seven weeks or so to know for sure six weeks, seven weeks. I'm not sure when your next meeting is, but it's next. It's just, yeah, it's just next month. It'd be in July for second in July. And just for clarity. So the art commission would review this and assuming that they approve it, then it goes to recommendation on a city commission agenda, which would likely be the following week. So the, the, the second to last week of July, um, if, if all proceeds as we would think it might, uh, just FYI, just so you know that, but that still sounds like it's well within your um, time frame. If, if for some reason it's not, we, there is a precedence. We, we have had special meetings, uh, as, as you saw, the, the minutes of which that were approved. And, and so if you were to get that stuff to us, you know, quickly or whatever, and you felt like, uh, it, it would need our blessing sooner than that meeting in order to meet your schedule or whatever. Um, we, we would, we would try to accommodate that with, uh, with some sort of, of special, uh, special meeting. If, if, if in fact we're holding you. Uh, okay. Let me and, get with the team and see kind of what, when they, their drop dead date of needing to know, um, is, but, um, Sure, it's no problem to gather those additional documents. And in that email thread with U.S. Bank, there was more conversation prior to that was more enthusiastic, I guess you could say. But that was kind of their formal agreement statement toward the end of our conversation. And so that's just what I attached there. So, okay, sure, I, I appreciate that. And I mean, that, it came across as positive on their their part, but just not quite as definitive, I think, as you know. Sorry if I'm being a stickler on it. But. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, well, thank you for for joining us tonight and and for sharing your your awesome project uh, with us. Is there any other comments from the group before we move on in the agenda? Uh, Mr. Chair, I would request that you take action. And so, if somebody could make a motion about tabling this. Um, until you receive further information, that would be great. Okay. I move to table it until we receive information. I'll second. This is Christina. All right. And um, Jerry, if you, if you would, let's do a formal roll call for this just to make sure we do it correctly. Okay, great. Denise Stone. 
Yeah. Well, hang on. Let me. Let me. Okay. So Denise. Yes. Daniel. Daniel. Daniel Smith here. And your and your vote is. Uh, aye. Yeah. In favor. Okay. Sarah. Sarah Curry. Aye. Marla. Marla Angel. In favor. Jordan. Jordan Martinez, in favor. Joshua. Aye. Christina. Christina Walker, in favor. Dina. Dina Amon, in favor. Mary. Mary Doveton, in favor. And Jerry Johnson, in favor. Great. All right, so we look forward to getting that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So the next uh, topic on our agenda is the transit uh, facility public art RFQ. Do you want to put that up, Porter, so we can? Or yes. I didn't have any, uh, I mean, we can put it up. I read it and I didn't have any uh, input. Uh, I thought it looked, I thought it looked good. Thank you. Um, I'm working with Adam Weigel and the um, consultant team that's designing the, the new facility. And they're also designing a, um, a downtown facility that allows for buses to park downtown. And they have three different options that they're exploring for that. Um, we don't know exactly what the art will be or where it will be, although we do believe with this relatively small budget, there's great wisdom in, in working with an artist who can come up with something that can be integrated into the facility in some way, shape or form. Um, so this is definitely a draft and will likely change a little bit as we move forward. But this gives you the core um, request for qualifications that we'd be putting out um, for artists. One question that I have for you all is, um, do we want to make this a national call? Do we want to make this a regional call? Do we want to make it a local call? Um, I think that's something that th this group would be best served to uh, consider and give some direction. So as long as the, the RFQ is okay with you all, I just ask for that direction. In the past, we've done national calls at this level. Um, I think we did one call not too long ago. I can't remember, was it the fire station, I think, um, was only Kansas and Missouri artists. Um, so, you know, any way you want to decide that. I will explain also, though, that in my experience, when you have an $80,000 budget, obviously you don't want to spend a lot of money flying somebody in and out and that type of thing. So yeah. often during the selection panel process, that's, you know, that becomes a consideration. Um, but you also want to be respectful to all artists and not have somebody apply if there's really not a, a real opportunity available, if that makes sense. Right. I, I would have some questions about that. I mean, I, obviously, I, I would be uh, inclined to think that local, you know, localish, regional um, at that budget level would be, would be probably the way to go. I don't know if, if we were going to do it nationally, would we... Is there a way to require ties to the you know community or something like that? I don't know. Um, 
and and then you know just as a squirrel thing i i'm unclear what what which intersection at at crestline is that it's crestline but which which side is that on where is it at exactly i guess is my question sorry well i didn't click on that yeah yeah this this provides a lot more background information um hang on Bob Billings and Crestline Drive. There you go. So there's Iowa. Um, so it's, you know, here's the lead center. It's basically just down below the lead center in this whole area there. Yeah, that's a lot of bus facility right there on the road facing Bob Billings. Happily, that's not part of the RFQ for the art. <laughs> I know, but I was thinking, how big a piece of art can we get to cover it up? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, and, and I will share that I, I met with um, Adam and the um, design team, and they are very amenable at working with an artist to try to, you know, find a, a good opportunity. There's so many different possibilities, and it could be a possibility like a freestanding sculpture as well. That may be a good, viable thing. But the other thing is, is that um, I did a project in Kansas City with the um, light rail system and the, and the bus stops they made. We actually worked with a wonderful young artist. It was a big opportunity for her. And ultimately what we did was we paid her a fee out of the public art budget and then used the remaining amount of money to help pay for um, glazing application so that she came up with some beautiful designs that then were applied to the glass canopies at those stops. So that's the kind of thinking I have going on is that looking for those opportunities to work with an artist who may not have a lot of public art experience, but help them figure out ways of literally integrating their art into the facility in some way, shape or form. And that can that can happen in, in many ways. Um, and or, like I said, it could be a very traditional approach and perhaps it's a mural inside on a, a blank wall or a painting or you know, any of those possibilities. So we're intentionally leaving it wide open, but thinking that with this budget scale, integrated probably makes the most sense. Thanks, thanks for that, Porter. Mm -hmm. Anyone have any thoughts on the national versus regional versus local? Yeah, B. Smith. I have a question. Well, after Daniel. Sorry, Daniel. You're fine, Denise. Uh, so for me, I mean, we've talked about national versus local before. Um, I, I, for me, I just don't see any real advantage to having uh, it open to national artists, except for uh, what was somebody mentioned, the possibility of somebody who, who maybe has ties to this area and has moved away or has um, some sort of connection here. But I, I just don't see, I mean, considering we have all, tons of great artists here locally, I don't actually see any advantage to allowing somebody who's not connected to to, to uh, contribute. So I would be in favor of having a clause for uh, sort of like what we, we've talked about with the, um, the sculpture ex exhibition, just a range of uh, a certain diameter. Thanks, Daniel. Denise? Yeah, I'm Denise Stone, and I'm interested, in, I'm a I'd like some clarification about the budget and where the money's going to come from. So how is that going to be funded? It's a great idea. 
So, um, as you know, there is a public art resolution that states that the city commission may set aside up to 2% um, for eligible projects in the capital improvement plan. Um, this transit facility has been underway for, gosh, I think five, maybe more years. Um, it's finally coming to fruition now. So this was actually part of the, I think it was the 2018 capital improvement plan. Um, and that's, so that's where that $80,000 um, is from. Okay, so this is completely separate from the TGT funding. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Denise. Anyone else? Do we, I mean, do we need to vote on whether we think it should be regional or whatever? I mean. I believe you can just give me direction and then I'd appreciate a vote of approval to move forward with this RFQ, understanding that I may make some adaptations, uh, but no major changes going forward. Yeah. The, I, I have no problem with the language of it. I, I read it today and it, you know, it seemed straightforward to me, understanding that there may be some small edits or, or whatever. Um, so what I'm hearing so far, the folks who have spoke up is that we think this should be regional. What, what was the, I mean, you said Kansas and, and Missouri is what we did before. I think we've also done a radius, like, like I think Daniel was saying. Yes. And I think if you, I miles or something comes into mind, but that, I don't remember what it was. As I remember, I'd have to double check, but I think 50 miles then includes um, Kansas City and uh, Topeka. Um, and then obviously a radius, you know, that wide. Um, you could make it a wider radius if you wanted to. Yeah, I thought we had done 150, but maybe it was 50, I don't remember. I, I don't know. I don't know if we pick up a lot of artists when we get outside of fifty. I mean, maybe we do. But I should be more optimistic. But <laughs> we would to Utah anyway, right? Close, maybe. Well, I, I just this is Joshua. Uh, I always just have questions when we get into this area, like how local is local, how regional is regional how national is national and, and all of those lines always appear to me to be arbitrary. Um, like a Kansas city artist is not a Lawrence artist. And so I'm, I'm not sure. I I'll just say I'll, I'll vote wherever the commission goes with it. Um, but I, I'll at least express my, my concerns about the why, the how, the rationale, and the justification and the data that supports a, a lot of that. I mean, I'm, I, I don't object to any sort of national artist coming in to do some work um, any more than I do a local artist from within the, I don't know, the downtown Lawrence area or wherever these hubs might be. I mean, I don't know. Do we expand it to West Lawrence? Do we expand it to Topeka? Again, I don't, I don't understand quite what those boundaries are or why any of them are justified. So I, like I well, said, I'll, I'll, vote, I'll vote with the commission on whatever that is. Um, but I, I think we ought to move forward. 
with a clear understanding of why we're making a 50 or a hundred or whatever mile radius um, and what that rationale is and how it is that we select artists from those on that basis um, a little more clear and upfront so that artists can know why we have not included them in the pot, pot, in the uh, potential for an artwork and why we have. Um, I think it's just transparency uh, that I'm kind of excited about, interested yeah. in. I, I mean, I appreciate that, Joshua. I, I think, you know, this is where, you know, mathematics gets in the way of an intent, right? I mean, the intent would be to support local folks because that's what we want to do and then all of a sudden somebody says well okay we got to draw a line you know and and how do we justify drawing the line i don't know i have no idea you know? smith uh yeah that's kind of why i actually don't know who brought it up originally i might joshua you might have been the one who said this but the idea that um somebody who's not local could still apply as long as they're able to justify some sort of local connection so I think that I totally agree. If somebody lives 51 miles away, uh, you know, suddenly things get really awkward. Um, so I think that we could say, we could give a guidance of 50 miles and say that if somebody feels like they are local or have a connection, um, then they should, there can be special accommodations. We could consider that. And I do also think that, um, I think part of it, as far as setting a boundary and setting a radius is, is kind of just, you know, if somebody lives, 200 miles away and doesn't isn't really from the area kind of saving them the time and trouble of applying if realistically we're not going to fly them in um so that's uh, to me that's part of it as well just saving people who who really don't have that connection the trouble of, of applying for for no reason so well i i think just to respond to that I, that he brings daniel you bring up uh, a, lot, a lot of really good points um and, and i think that's that's the arbitrary nature of these boundaries, um, <clears throat> which is why I'm always more of the opinion to open up, opening it up to a larger swath of people, maybe even nationally, and using in the criteria the content's relevance to Lawrence as opposed to one's origin. You know, James Joyce always said, like, I couldn't write about Dublin until I left Dublin. Um, and, and because it provides some, some perspective. And so maybe they're not in Lawrence, but they can provide some extraordinary historical or cultural or unique perspectives about Lawrence that we in the moment in this place don't quite have because we're so in it. Um, I, and and I, I like to see it, and that's what I've done uh, in hiring uh, at Haskell is not set those parameters for the applications, but in the evaluation of it, um, do, you know, give credit or not give credit based on its regionality or its connection to kind of the local story, um, which I'm not always a fan of, by the way. I, I don't, I, I think having an outside perspective is always welcome, always helpful. And I, love hearing those who aren't ingrained in a system, aren't ingrained in a community, aren't ingrained in a culture because they provide a different point of view. But um, 
again, I, I would just argue opening it up to a wider audience for proposals, uh, for applications, and then in the evaluation, uh, start start putting some quantification into its topical relevance to our community, to what Lawrence is about, what it does, et cetera, et cetera. So I've talked too much. Thank you. That's what I have to say. I um, say something. I, I'm going to agree with Joshua. Um, uh, although I don't want to mislead people, which I think could possibly be the negative aspect of what could happen if we open it up um, nationally. But I think it's more important to see the content and the meaning of what the artist comes up with and how it fits in our um, in our town, in our situation, in our locale, then um, I think that's more important than where they come from. That's just my, my opinion. Well, that's great. That's what we're here for. Anyone else? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is Jordan Martinez speaking. Um, I would just like to point out that also in the selection process, um, the selection panel um, criteria also lists sensitivity and connection to the site. So, um, you know, I think opening up nationally would be really helpful just because, you know, whoever applies, they're going to have to, um, you know, justify their sensitivity and connection to the site and their artwork anyway, you know, so. Thank you. That's, that's what I was trying to say. Jordan just did it better. Uh, that's that, very succinctly. Thank you, Jordan. We get by with help from our friends, right? Anyone else? So I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm down with that. I, I, I think Porter, remind me, do we? What's our role in choosing uh, the? I don't remember us this body choosing the artist per se. Isn't there a panel that does that? Right. That's the next step is to develop a selection panel, which you will do. Um, and actually that, since we're talking about it, um, if you all think of folks that you think should be part of this panel, please let me know. Um, and we'll assemble a panel, probably no larger than say nine people that will include Adam Weigel, the transit director and, um, a representative from the design firm. Um, so just as a point of reference with respect to that, I mean, there, there's one way that we ensure that there's local ties to you know, the piece and all of that type of thing is that panel is, is, uh, you know, is, is obviously, uh, local. So, yes. So I, I guess as Hi. a, as a question, and I have a question. Sorry, go ahead. Denise. Okay. Thanks. Um, I'm just wondering, can anybody from our committee, the LCAC apply to be on that panel? 
Um, I'm trying to remember what we did with the police facility. If we had um, a representative, I think we did. So, I was the I mean, representative. Honestly, yeah, that's right. You did, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> Silly sure. me. Um, yeah, no, no. I, I like the idea of having a, a, an a art commissioner sit on the panel so that they can, you know, share direct information. So, yeah, and Denise, I apologize. I forgot that you were the person who did that. Um, quite so all right, Porter. It's old age on my part. No, it's it's the pandemic. You can yes. blame on that. Yes, it's the pandemic. We so, blame yes. To, to, to answer Denise's good question, yes, one of one of you should serve on that panel as well. And we'll certainly put put a representative from the Art Commission on that panel. This is Joshua. I would like to nominate Denise Stone for that panel, even though regionally she is in San Francisco. <laughs> now. Uh, Thank I you, Joshua. I really I appreciate think, that. I still think she would represent us well. Well, I, I guess on a, on a serious note, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to like hone in on it too much. But I, I wonder if we can provide, I guess, a an evaluation framework for that committee, or maybe that committee will discern that for themselves. Um, but some way which some sort of regionality or lo local connection or relationship can be emphasized or weighted in, in a certain way in the evaluation. And I don't know that we can like dictate that upon the committee, but if we can emphasize perhaps that that's, that's a part of the, of the uh, evaluation process, then I think that might be helpful for that committee as well. Currently, um this is what we have listed as the selection process, which is something that the Art Commission developed um, a while back. Uh, basically, what the selection panel, who will comprise the selection panel, and then the general criteria is artistic quality, innovation, originality, professional public art experience, and sensitivity and connection to the site. Um, so if you wanted to add a bullet point or more information in that opening paragraph, um, you could do that. And or the representative from the Cultural Arts Commission could certainly convey um, these concerns to the selection panel. And, and you know, so there's there's more than one way to convey that information to a selection panel as well. And key, I want to make sure everybody understands we're not asking for proposals. Um, that's kind of a cardinal rule in my book. I don't want to ask artists to do work that they aren't going to get compensated for. Um, so these are only qualifications, which means they will submit their portfolio um, and, and, any, and then a letter of interest describing in more detail why they're interested in this project. And at that point, if they have any thoughts, some artists generate proposals anyway, that's up to them, but we don't require that. Uh, one option would be then with the selection panel is to, they could then ask for um, proposals so in other words, let's say 20 artists respond to this, they narrow that field down to say five, you could go back to those five artists and I would encourage us to consider paying them, um, pay them a fee to then develop a more specific proposal. So there's, there's options in, during the selection panel process as well. So help me out with this third bullet. Um, 
Porter, it, where it says sensitivity and connection to the site. So since we're not talking about a proposal, how, how, what does that mean? I mean, connection to the site, I, I, I get it. The artist could have connection to the site or the area or, but I mean, if we're not talking about a proposal for specific sculpture, mural, you know, whatever, I, I'm not sure. Hopefully this would be borne out in somebody's letter of interest. You know, part of this is like a job application. Did they read sure. the job description? Do they understand what they're getting into? Sure. And in this case, you're correct. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, you know, specifically show something per se. The other thing I've seen in many cases is you will see in an artist's portfolio that they are sensitive to what they're doing, especially with public art. Yeah. Uh, and again, this is very broad and not very specific since it's just, you know, the idea being just sensitive um, to this, you know, this area in some way, shape or form. And to Josh's point, um, that could be that could show up in many ways. An outside artist could say, oh, I'm amazed by something unique in Lawrence that we aren't even thinking about. And that, that yeah. could come out that way. So I've seen that happen both ways. So I, I like that. And there is room for a fourth bullet. I just want to point out there's a blank space right there for a fourth bullet. So um, could we consider putting in there, you know, um, connection to to the area or, you know, more than connection to the site, you know, um, art, artists, artists connection to the area and then open the whole thing up nationally. And then somebody could say, I mean, maybe they're not even from Lawrence or whatever, but maybe they say, you know, I'm a huge, I don't know, I'm going to make something up that's going to fall on its face, but, you know, I'm a huge Langston Hughes fan. I've studied everything about him. I knew his upbringing, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And they have some heartfelt connection to something that is Lawrence or whatever. Um, I don't know. And, and then we don't have to worry about drawing circles on a map and, and stuff like that. If I yeah, add, I, I, oh. I agree with that. Yeah, um, if I could just add a quick comment to that. Um, Jerry, the way I was reading the sensitivity and connection to the site um, bullet was basically like if we're opening up, um, you know, the call, the artists call nationally, um, I would personally like to see, especially because this is a, a public transportation um, art project, right? Uh, I would like to see connection to the transportation history of Lawrence because we do have a really unique history. Um, La Yarda is a prime example of it because La Yarda is not listed uh, in the BNSF like annals. Uh, I've checked. <laughs> they have no documentation of ever creating La Yarda, um, of ever hiring Mexican immigrant workers to uh, lay down the railway through Lawrence. Uh, they have zero documentation. There's no way, unless you have a connection to Lawrence, to know that La Yarda exists or that La Yarda is um, a significant contributor to um, the, the cultural demographics of Lawrence. Um, I, was, I was doing a little bit of research, and it's something close to half of the city is Mexican-American. Um, and that's predominantly because of La Yarda. And so I would like to see artists applying for this um, $80,000 project uh, to mention La Yarda somewhere in their letter of intent. 
um, that would demonstrate to me a pretty clear sensitivity to the to the local history versus, you know, it's it's very easy to do a quick Google search of, you know, John Brown and Beecher's Bibles and how, you know, the Civil War used uh, the Kansas River. Like that's, it's not difficult to Google that. Um, but unless you are from Lawrence or have a personal connection or understanding of Lawrence and are very unique and beautiful, you know, cultural and racial and, um, you know, demographic history, you're not going to learn about Layartha. You're not going to learn about, um, you know, uh, Layartha is actually my prime example, but like, you know, that's, that's a pretty significant aspect of the Lawrence community and history. And, you know, I, I don't know how we would recommend um, something about that into the evaluation criteria, because I think, you know, having sensitivity to the site is pretty succinct, but um, I would like whatever selection panel we have to keep that in mind. And actually, if we're, um, if you don't mind me continuing to talk, um, I, I think it might be really important to invite someone from the Watkins Museum of History to be on this selection panel because they would have a lot more information than I do um, or that most people would. Um, and I think they'd be a good metric for that sensitivity to the community. So do you th th thanks for that, Jordan. Do you think that this bullet sensitivity and connection to the site, do you think that's, you know, a broad enough brush that that we we could sort of glean what what you're looking for out of out of those applicants? I think it's a br I'm I'm wary of using too um, detailed language in that call. Um, just because if we're thinking of different things like Layarda is always on the forefront of my brain because most of my family has relatives or uh, we have a personal connection to Layarda. So that's always on my brain, but I don't know of any other significant transportation or cultural minutia that a different artist might, you know? So I think keeping it broad is a good uh, thing, but I think we can get around that by being very selective with the panel. I, Jerry, I'll, I'll just support everything Jordan just said. Uh, I, I think that's true. Um, I'm, I'm just going to be, through the duration of my time on the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission, I'm just going to back up everything Jordan says. And uh, I would also state, high school students ended up at high school by train. That's how we got here. That's how we were transported here. And through the difficult and challenging times that high school students underwent at high school, they walked to the train station to go home repeatedly. They sold the train tickets to support the stadium and its building. Um, it, it's also worth noting, not just in train transportation, but that Frank McDonald, uh, which McDonald Drive is named after, uh, a local hero uh, for many respects, is responsible for the interstate coming through Lawrence uh, in his political responsibilities and obligations. And, and the Watkins Museum can, can support and justify that. But transportation and Lawrence and some of the significant players and influences is extraordinary 
And I think like Jordan noted, being able to understand, conceptualize and articulate that in some way uh, through that panel evaluation um, would be critical because it's such a unique story that's not expressed very often or very well by anybody. Um, but it ought to be, and art is as good of media as any to do so. So I support that and adding in that, that much. Okay, great. Thank you. So Porter, what I hear is that I, I think we want to open it up nationally and I think we want to be selective uh, by, by our panel. We'd like, uh, we'd like for an LCAC member to be on the panel. And, um, I think Denise has been nominated and, uh, yeah, our San Francisco resident Denise Stone is, uh, is willing to do that. Um, I don't know if we get to select who else goes on that panel. I think, I think we do have a say in that. And I heard somebody from Watkins. I think that's an outstanding idea. Um, this is Marlo. I would love to see Jordan or some diversity represented on that panel because I hadn't even thought of that angle to it. And I think that really illuminated a lot in that discussion. So I think having someone with that cultural knowledge of the transportation um, history of Lawrence would be critical. So two, two out of nine, Porter, are we, are we coming in heavy handed? I think we can make that work. Um, I'm trying to think of why that wouldn't work, but um, usually it's a voting issue, uh, you know, in the sense that that person effectively is on the panel voting for an artist and then is on the art commission, then voting also again, you know, two votes sort of, that's the, that's the, where I've, I've seen this get sticky. Um, but that person, you know, we could, I think we can work around that. And or Jordan, you know, the other thing we need to be conscious of is this is a time commitment. Um, this usually includes three to five meetings and one meeting is usually pretty long. Denise, I think you'll remember we had one longer meeting where we went through and then we did interviews with the, um, the short list of artists. So I just want people to be aware that's one of the, the challenges of this is it does require time. And typically we do this um, during business hours because it's, it's difficult to do it um, later. So I just want that awareness. But that said, I think that we can make it work and or if Jordan would want to suggest somebody, um, I am, that would be my biggest request is like Joshua, if there's somebody from Haskell or somebody that represents um, the, the Native American community here that could serve on this panel. Um, the other challenge is most art, you know, we have to consider artists who might want to compete for this. Obviously they can't serve on the panel if they want to compete for the opportunity. So it's all, you know, there's those little details that we have to think about. Could we, thank you for that, Porter. That's helpful. That's very helpful. Could we, um, on the voting issue, I get that. And I, I see how that's a sticky, sticky topic. Could we, could we ask that if, if we had two members of the LCAC on there, could we ask that they abstain in the vote, the later vote as part of this group? Cause we have a big enough number. We have 11. Correct. Yeah, that would be, that's certainly a, a good, you know, that's, that's a good way to go is just, have those two members participate in the selection panel, be part of that process. And then when they come to the art commission, they can certainly verbally talk about their experience, but ultimately if they abstain, then, then obviously there's no conflict. 
All right. So what I'm hearing is that we could move to ask that this be a national search that two members of the LCAC sit on uh, that commission and that they, with the understanding that they would be voting, not, not on that commission, on that panel, they would be voting on the panel, but they would abstain later when the LCAC uh, votes on the, the actual uh, thing. So can can we call that a motion? Yes, I'll I'll, I'll make that motion. Um, and also, as a side note, I also want to state that like I don't I don't presume to speak for Jordan, but I know at least I'm not looking necessarily for an artist to pro provide any sort of details or information about those items related to Haskell or Frank McDonald specifically. But there are examples of of what an artist ought to be presenting that connects their relationship and their art to the local history. So I, I don't know if, if I articulated that well enough. So I just wanted to state that those were just examples of, of some things that that could be touched upon. But yes, I, I so move that we uh, move forward. Um, thank you for the motion, and thank you for the the extra uh, bit. That's that's also helpful. Can we get a second? Hi, I'm Denise Stone. I second. Okay. Can we do a show of hands? All in favor? Uh, let me. Let's do a roll call. Um, I'd prefer okay. to get that verbal. Sorry. You got it. No worries. Uh, Jordan. Aye. Christina. She's on Aye. <laughs> Daniel. Aye. Dina. Aye. Sarah. Aye. Marlo. Aye. Denise? Aye. Mary? I am, and also we're having some lighting problems here in the theater. So I am going to sign off here and sign on from a different computer. Great. Thank you, Mary. And Joshua? Aye. And Jerry? Aye. Okay, thank you. You bet. Um, all right, thank you for for that. Those are those are the two big pieces of work. On our on our agenda, we have the creative the Kansas Creative Arts Industries Reimagined Spaces thing. Porter, can you? I I had every intention of making that meeting, and I had something come up. And could not uh, could not join that. Could you? Hang on. Um, we have one more item under new business. Sorry, I think that's on. It may be. I'm sorry. On your page. Sorry, I'm, maybe I got lost in a trance. Uh, oh, I did. You are correct. Sorry, the police 
headquarters public art project update. So I'm um, glad that Denise brought this up. So um, the artist, Joe O'Connell, has been, based on his visit here, talking with police and talking with um, uh, various members of the community, has developed some general concepts. And part of his contract is to conduct a couple of public meetings to glean more information and just get some more insights from people. Obviously, that's been... Um, challenged by the COVID situation. Um, but we do now have those set up for June 26th. I believe one will be at 10 a.m. and one will be at 2 p.m. These will be virtual. Um, as I said, he has um, concepts and what he would do is work with people, whoever want to attend those, to describe how he got to where he is in his concepts, show some of his renderings of that, and then seek more input um, so he can use that input to move forward with um, his ideas. So soon we are going to get some sort of um, event um, marketed on this. I've been working with the artists and trying to figure out the best time that works. And I would just ask that you all um, help me get the word out. And if there are people you know, particularly in the neighborhood in that area or anybody else, um, you know, Dina, I know you may have students that might be interested in, in participating in that just to help us get the word out to get as much participation as possible. Basically, just for those who know it, at the police facility, um, this would actually be sited to the east of the police facility at the entry point where there's a um, trail that goes up into the park that's at the north of the facility. This would be a freestanding um, um, structure. Um, it has some architectural elements. Both, both concept ideas have architectural elements so that it can also be sort of a gathering point um, at that spot, but both recognizing the police presence, but also um, a nod to the community as well. So just want to make sure you all are aware of that. I'll get more information to you as soon as we, as we get this stuff posted. Um, and if you can help me get the word out, that would be great. And if any of you can join us, that'd be great too. Great, thank you. Sorry, it was on that was on the turn of the page of my Yeah, I realized that. It was in the crease, as they say. Um, all right, so now the reimagined uh, spaces, Kansas Creative Arts thing. Yes, um, so as you remember, um, I worked with uh, Marlo and the terrific folks from the Sprencer, and we worked with Tiffany from the Chamber and Sally Zograi, and I hope I'm not forgetting. Oh, uh, at the time, Michael Davidson, now Kim Onspach from Explore Lawrence. Michael actually came with this concept of doing storefront art, which has somewhat grown into this bigger um, opportunity. Um, so a grant was written to the Kansas Creative Arts Industry Commission, and happily, they approved our grant for $10,000. Um, we've worked out the um, financials on this. We do have to make a cash match of $2,500 and then match the rest of it with either cash or in kind. Um, and so the Explore Lawrence has agreed to um, make the $2,500 cash match. And then we're pretty confident that between all of these different groups, we will have um, the necessary in-kind on that as well. So um, we had a great meeting. Everybody's on board um, with this process. We have assigned different sort of tasks to people as we move forward. Uh, the first challenge is to hire 
half of that $10,000 will be to hire a local curator um, and, and project coordinator. So we're working on, um, actually, um, the Art Center just sent me a terrific job description for the um, East 9th Street um, coordinator position, which is kind of a similar situation. This will be shorter term, but that's a great starting point. So I'm going to work on a job description for that. And um, so we're moving forward with this. And then it also does dovetail with the Outdoor Downtown Sculpture Exhibition. And even though the TGT funds are um, suffering, unfortunately, um, I believe I'm working with the finance department to see if we can't move forward with instead of a, a full amount on our budgeted amount um, with a smaller amount to at least match that Kansas Creative Arts Industry Commission um, grant so that we can have an additional four, three to five artists. We may have to adjust as we go. But so I'm going to get that outdoor downtown sculpture exhibition call out as soon as I can um, so we can get that process rolling and hopefully get some artists on board through that as well. And I will send you, I'm working on a draft. I have it here, but it's not quite ready. Um, that explains that arts, it's, it's art plus culture plus crossings. Um, and I want to get that to you all so you can see that and see what we've um, crafted here. I believe you saw a copy when I submitted the original grant. Great, thank you. Uh, next we have the community arts grants update. I suspect we're still on hold due to yeah, it's it's this lousy paradox of what what monies have actually come into the transient guest tax fund have been less than anticipated, quite honestly. Um, and obviously, we can't spend the money we don't have. On the other hand, Kim Onsbach and Explore Lawrence does do research into hotel room stays. So the forecast is looking very positive where we're starting to get close to 2019 hotel stay numbers. Um, so, but again, that's all speculative at this point. And the problem with TGT is we don't get our money until the following quarter. So we're always one quarter behind. So that's why I've not done the community arts grant um, with this information, because I don't want to put that out there and, you know, mislead anybody that that money is going to be available. I'm still hopeful. Um, and I did go on the website and I did put some more information there. I think Christina or some I can't remember who asked me to do that, but um, I thought that was good advice. So I did put some information on there just so there's awareness of what's happening. So again, let's keep our fingers crossed, um, you know, stay, stay positive and hope that we can implement that going forward. So I have a question. Sorry. Sorry, Joshua. No, go ahead. No, I, I, I was just going to inquire about uh, the timeline. I know I, I've been asked as recently as this afternoon about the community arts grants and kind of what the status was, when they're going to know whether they're going to be available or in what capacity. And I, I'm not sure what to share. So. I, I'm not really sure either. I believe the next payment will be in August um, from the state to the TGT fund. Um, again, I am communicating with the finance office on this, so I'm trying to track this as best I can. Uh, I, and I apologize. Believe me, I can't tell you how excruciating this has been for me um, to you know, be challenged by all this. Um, so anyway, but that's, yeah, I apologize. I wish I had clearer information. 
Thank you. And thank you, Denise. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I have heard that last night the Lawrence City Commission um, provided more money to explore Lawrence, so there is no TGT monies at this point. I know you're being very optimistic, Porter. Should we be talking about that at some future point? In what capacity? Well, simply as a concern, we've had a meeting where we have talked about it and focused on it, but is it something, isn't it something that as a commission that we need to be concerned about, really concerned about? Um, I think, I don't know if you're familiar, but Marlo has spoken to this and sent an email to the city commission and the city manager. So for the, you know, moving forward into the future, I believe um, staff is, is looking at what are the options so that it's not limited to TGT. So yes, I think it is a concern. Um, hopefully we don't have any more pandemics in the near future because um, that certainly was the biggest factor in this. Marlo, I don't know if you want to speak to that more because you got some feedback, I believe. Sure, I did. I, just like Joshua, I have received a lot of questions as a commissioner, people that are dependent on these grants, and it really does help uh, open up the doors to arts opportunities for not only arts organizations, but artists. And so I keep getting these questions. So I did write a guest column to the Lawrence Times uh, just to hopefully get some public awareness to this issue because I do feel like there is confusion in the community, like why we're not opening them up. And a lot of people don't even know that our funds are tied to TGT. So I tried to just gain some knowledge about that process and how it really does not fit our mission. Because um, I, I could totally see us having another pandemic or you know some other strain that comes up and this hitting us two years in the future. So I just, I'm super passionate about us communicating to the commission now as they're starting to do their budget process for July. I talked to one of the commissioners today on the phone and just reiterated the importance of our cultural arts commission is not just for outside visitors. I think that's a large part of arts and culture, but it's not only what we do. We serve the residents of Lawrence. And I think we're vital to quality of life. We're vital to economic development, if people are going to bring a company to Lawrence, one of the first things they do is come to the Art Center for a tour. Um, they know their children are going to find arts opportunities. They go to Haskell, they go to KU, and they see that this is a vibrant place to be. Um, so it's not just bringing in the bed tax for people staying in hotels. It's also just a large part of quality of life, mental health and wellness. Um, so the more that we can be vocal, I think, um, to the commissioners, to the public at large, uh, to what we're going through. I would love to see us advocate for federal funding. So I did get some positive feedback from Mayor Finkeldey about them really looking at ways that we can leverage some federal relief funding and whether that can be used to fund some arts and culture initiatives. So that's something that I'm super passionate about researching. And I think collectively as a body, if we can all be super vocal and super energized and um, looking for those federal resources and what other states are doing, I think it would benefit the whole because we need, it can't, I think what's frustrating is like, we can't wait for hotel tax dollars to come in because we don't have the funding to give to our community art grants. We don't have the amount of funding to give to TGT funds. So those events and the things that make Lawrence so special and bring people here, we're just not able to, you know, it's that chicken and egg thing where we can't be, we're never going to catch up if we're so far behind. So... I don't know. I would encourage everybody to just be vocal. Um, I shared that article in the 
Lawrence Times, but any way that you can get your communications out to your people and audiences and friends and neighbors, I think it would really help the cause. I agree with Marlo. Those are really excellent points. I do think we need to be in touch individually um, with the Lawrence commissioners and tell them how what we think about the vote for last night. It wasn't the meeting wasn't completely covered today in the Lawrence Journal world. It may be that it will be, you know, other parts of that meeting will be covered, but it would be important to be aware of last night's meeting. And um, the other thing is to Marlo's point, you know, we're in the budget process now, and there is a, a budget calendar, and I can send you the link to that. It's on the finance page. And there, you know, there will be opportunities to even come and, and offer public comment at future city commission meetings. So you can you can always email city commissioners, let them know your thoughts. Um, and then, you know, and if collectively, if the art commission wanted to, to craft a, a letter, that's a possibility. Um, you know, that's part of that's in your purview is to make recommendations of the city commission. So, um, and, yeah, I will, and I will tell you that Marlo's email, you know, I, I know that people receive that and are certainly um, um, aware of that and, and considering it seriously. And this is this is very Dutton. Um Margaret Morris and Steve Watkin, or Steve Watkins, Steve Nowak, and I had the opportunity to visit with the commissioners during a study session um, in May and had about an hour and a quarter, hour and 20 minutes maybe to talk about um, the very things that, that Marlo is bringing up right now. And I, I was very encouraged by the response that we got at that point. Um, I felt it was the most positive response toward the arts that I have ever seen and I've been around here a long time. <laughs> Um, so I, I, I did feel encouraged by that. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I think there has been some discussion about possibly using some of the relief funds. Um, but I also really echo what Marlo's saying. I think we have got to get funding out of the TGT and get the arts back to a line item because um, as she so eloquently put it, it, we are not just for visitors. The arts are a part of everyone's quality of life, just like the parks. And I, I feel very, very strongly about that. Well, I'm, I'm, this is Joshua. I'm glad Mary spoke up because I was thinking of her the entire time, her, Margaret, and Steve. And while I, I, I appreciate anybody and everybody's individual efforts i think what what mary margaret and steve did uh for their institutions and the community at large uh was a coordinated and deliberate strategic effort that also ought to be uh, uh brought to bear in this regard in how we are funded and how the community arts grants go and it ought to be like not a public comment. It ought to be a behind the door, but you know, behind the scenes, but also out front, a statement from the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission, a, a, a clear declaration 
of our unity about this. And this is this is what I, why at least to circle back to the uh, the public art. I'm willing to open it up to the nation for any artist because our citizens and our communities get to enjoy it. You know, even if it's not supporting that local artist necessarily, it's we all get to interact with it. We all get to engage with it and have conversations about them. Um, but I, I think it, I think it does take a, a very deliberate and coordinated effort, much like what Mary, Margaret and Steve did for their respective institutions and, and the community that they serve um, in order to make these transitions, make these moves uh, and, and demonstrate that this is in the best interest of the community. So I'm going to ask a question we've asked. Thank you for that, Joshua and Mary, Marlo, Denise, for bringing that topic up. It's, you know, it's in every meeting. Right? We talk about this in, in every meeting. And in the past, um, I remember starting clear back when it was announced that our funds were going to come out of the TGT. We didn't like that idea then. And now we've seen why what our concerns our concerns have come to to bear and and uh, our hands are tied and it's frustrating i was sharing my frustration about it with with porter earlier today and in the past when we've talked about as a group you know asking for that um you know i think um Maybe the time hasn't been right or whatever. I, I feel like we've been discouraged from making a, you know, a group uh, plea. Um, I'm going to ask the question again. Is, is this the time to do it, Porter? What are the, what are the downsides, you know, um, help, help, us, help us with this because we're, we're struggling and none of us like it. And, you know, what, what, what can we do? Uh, I guess the next logical step would be a, a, a letter from this, the Cultural Arts Commission to the City Commission. Um, you know, I appreciate that Mary and, and Marlo have, you know, obviously there are conversations. Actually, the next thing on the agenda um, ties into this, not specifically the TGT per se, but definitely about arts funding. So um, that would be my suggestion. I would, I would, I, Jerry, I'll, I'll support that. I'll draft it. I don't care. I'm on my way off the Cultural Arts Commission pretty soon. And I don't want for Jordan and Daniel and Sarah and Christy, anybody who stays on this commission longer than I, I don't want this to be a, a conversation we continue to have. If I can walk off this commission uh, in December or January or whenever it is, and this be off the table, um, then I want that for our community, for you, for our commissioners, for the future Cultural Arts Commission, Whatever it takes, let's let's go. Let's run with it. If we're we're right, we know we're right. We should put all our chips on the table. And let's go. Okay. Yay, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, as a matter of process, Porter, if if 
if Joshua drafts, he gets us off the blank page and drafts that, and, and we know words are his deal. So I'm I'm uh, I'm positive we're gonna get good things. They're gonna be violent. This thing. And <laughs> these are, this is gonna be ridiculous. We're gonna and have hearts. If I can make. Have a- if I could make any recommendations, if I could be so bold, Joshua, to make any recommendations, I, I would, I would take another peek at Marlo's uh, email because it had some outstanding points in it. Um, well, Marlo is, is is about is is exponentially smarter than I, <laughs> so I will certainly consult with her and uh, run some drafts through uh, some some less emotionally invested people than I. Uh, to moderate my my language and but still get, make the point clear. Fair, fair enough. But Porter, as a as a matter of process, so he can do that. He can share that draft with you, and then I know we have to be careful. We can't be sending drafts around to the whole group, right? I think what I would recommend is you can you can have a committee. So if if uh, Joshua can craft a letter, and then if you all you know if a small group of you can meet and review that letter um you know i wouldn't i would keep it short and sweet um you know and i do think marlo has hit some of the key points that are important and so reiterating those points is not a bad idea um and then uh, work with the committee and then the the full commission should vote on that so you either do that at your july 7th meeting is it july 7th well i I, I, I agree. I, th- I think we should do that, and and I would like kind of a swath of of of, commi- of commissioners, um, both those who have served for a long time, those who are new, those I, I would certainly like Marlo, who's already really articulated some of those minor points. Um, I I don't want to exclude anyone at all. I just if if I can just put something on a page, that's great. But I think uh, the the folks like myself who are leaving the commission soon, <clears throat> and those who are sticking with the commission, ought to all have a voice in that. So um, I'd, I'd like for that that committee to be representative of all those different folks. And we're so safe. They, we're safe with up to four. Four is is okay, right? Yeah. As long as it's not a quorum. All right, let's figure it out. Who's it going to be? We've got Joshua, Marlo. We need two more. Again, I'd, I'd like I'd like those two more. One to be somebody who's served or understands the commission um, because of their time served, but also somebody new who's going to be able to follow through and continue in this regard. Like, just... I want a good representation on on that committee, if possible. Mary, I'm recruiting you. <laughs> you don't have to draft anything. Just tell us where we're wrong. I'm sure you're going to do a brilliant job, Joshua. Only, yes, only, I, yes, only with I, your help. I I would be willing to do it because I'm quite outspoken in how I feel about this. I think it's important. Well, and I, uh, and then I'd also like to request either 
I, I don't know the new folks necessarily, but Dina, Daniel, Sarah, or Jordan, any, you, you all are new to me. I haven't met you all in person. So I, I, I consider that new and any one of you are more than welcome to contribute. And I, I'd welcome that. I'd be willing to volunteer, although I probably bring the least amount of um, experience and background being new to the committee. I think that's perfect. I think it's perfect because the committee I structured needs some reorganization. So to, to not be in the mix means you give a, like James Joyce, a good perspective on Dublin. Thank you, Dina. Thank you all for for doing that. I think this is uh, this is a uh, it's a topic, right? It's, it keeps coming up, and it's uh, it, it, it it didn't taste good from the beginning. Uh, it was a bitter pill to swallow. So thank you for for uh, stepping out, move, moving out on this. Um, anything else on that before we go to? Uh, the one committee update that we've got on the agenda. Uh, Mr. Chair, I would like to, you know, this is Porter O'Neill. Joshua, you are, because this is a separate committee, um, you can actually, once you draft this letter, if you want to email it to uh, Mary, Marlo, and Dina and work, you know, work on it that way. And then, uh, you know, I would empower you all to set up a meeting virtually if you want to, to be as efficient as possible. So I don't want to hold you up in any way with my busy schedule. So you guys can work as a separate committee and that's fine. And then once yep. you have a letter drafted and you want to uh, submit it to the Cultural Arts Commission, then send it to me and then um, I can work on getting that on the agenda. Thank you, Porter. Again, I'll, I'm just gonna put some words on the page and let those smarter than I uh, help me um, make it something that really the Lawrence arts community really needs and we'll, we'll, we'll tackle it and we'll, we'll make it as, as polite and professional as possible, but also uh, I know Mary's going to hold us to account and make sure that it's uh, direct and very clear about what our expectations are. So thank you all for, for, for participating and I'll be in touch soon. Thanks for taking the lead on that, Joshua. Appreciate it. All right. Next up, we have strategic plan committee. Marla, do you have any update for us on that? Yeah, I did want to follow up um, on our last strategic committee meeting. We had touched upon the idea of doing a informal Instagram account. So I did talk to Porter a little bit about this earlier in the week, um, and we really wanted to find a way to celebrate arts and culture and communicate all these great things that are going on. I think Dina even started off our meeting saying, oh, hey, I saw this really cool mural you know, that we talked about um, that was at our last meeting, and wouldn't it be cool if she could take a photo and then distribute it uh, among the public? And so it's just a way to reach people, I think even like with this transportation call or just a way to communicate all the great things with arts and culture to a wider audience. Um, we have some enthusiastic young and new board members coming in that have a great eye and passion for art that's in our community. And so we thought this would be a wonderful way to 
connect and do it. It's not representing the uh, official City of Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission, but it's a volunteer-based Instagram account that any member could have access to and post images or inspirations that you see around town. I followed it today. You did, yay. I think you might be our first follower. Second, Dina's first. Dina was first, I was second. Go Dina. <laughs> All so right. what would our next steps be in terms of, I know you're going to talk to Maureen at the city to just to make sure we're all in the clear about moving forward with it. Right. Um, if, if send me whatever information you have thus far, and then I just didn't get to, I wasn't able to talk to Maureen about this today, but I was just, I was writing myself a note to remember um, to talk to her tomorrow. So send me, um, so the Instagram account is created. Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you it's can send me, send me that information and then I can run it by Maureen and just make sure we're all comfortable in this and that we aren't, you know, but again, you guys, as you just stated, you've set this up not as the Cultural Arts Commission, but as, you know, arts advocates who happen to be part of the Art Commission and who want to have this um, opportunity in the community. So I think, you know, that's that works, um, but I'll double check with Maureen and make sure that we're okay on that. And um, Marlo, hang on, I'm not good at multitasking. Marlo, the other thing was talking about the economic development strategic plan as part of that too. Can you speak to that? Yeah, so a lot of what we focused on in our last couple of meetings was looking at the, strategic, or the cultural plan and to see if there were some action steps we could take um, and so with arts and culture being such an important part of the economic strategic plan and the strategic planning process that the city is doing as a whole, it seemed like, can we have a voice in that process? And so Porter had said that there is a group getting together or starting to get into motion to look at how to implement that in the official strategic plan uh, context. And so our body of the strategic plan committee has been invited to participate in that way. And it seemed like a good synergy so that we aren't working on an old document that may not have as much relevance anymore, but looking, moving forward into the future and seeing how our arts and culture efforts can be synergized with the city as a whole. Um, and Jerry, if I may speak to that too. So, I'm leading an effort along with Britt Crumcano, who is our economic development coordinator here at the city. She has um, taken the Ernst & Young strategic, uh, economic development strategic plan information and is now working on an implementation strategy. Um, and as part of that, she's broken things out into several categories, one of which is arts and entertainment. Um, so my first thought was to reach out to Mary, Margaret, and Steve as that great, um, uh, what was the term you used, Joshua, um, strategic group um, as a starting point. But then it occurred to me that since Marlo, and help me make sure I get this right, Marlo, Sarah, Jordan, and, and, Joshua. and Joshua are all on that um, strategic plan committee that it was kind of logical to, to have you guys engaged in this as well. And so I'm trying to set up a meeting and actually now I'm being sneaky. Um, I put out a doodle poll and not everybody's responded, but June 18th so far, everybody who has responded is, is available. And I wanted to check with um, 
Jordan and Sarah, see if two o'clock on June 18th is possible for you all. I don't know if your schedules are open during the day like that. No. Okay. So Jordan can't do that. Yeah. Sarah I work um, till the evening on Fridays. Yeah. Okay. Is just generically, and forgive me if I've asked this before, <clears throat> Do you typically have any time during the day or is it better? I think, Sarah, actually, you did tell me that it's better after a certain time. Uh, yes, correct. Uh, it is usually better after 5 p.m. for me. Okay. Um, and I now work also on the weekends. So uh, just that, that's kind of across all seven days a week after five. Okay, that's helpful. So... Um, let me look at this. We may go forward with this initial meeting, um, you know, because not everybody can attend every meeting, but I will keep that in mind for the future and look at better opportunities later in the afternoon. Jordan, is that consistent with you? I mean, with after five, be good. Okay. I, I want to try to accommodate everybody. So thank you. So that's what we'll start working on. Um, this will be over the course of several meetings. And there is a matrix that has been developed I took the time to go through that matrix and tie it all back to the appropriate cultural plan um, aspects so that, you know, that's part of what we're doing here is taking the matrix, the recommendations from Ernst and Young, and then tying it back to existing plans. But we also want to make sure we get some good representation. So if people have thoughts, let me know on that too. Thank you. That's great. That'll be great to see that it's, you know, it's confusing to have, a, we have all these separate plans and, and everything. So that, that that'll be great. Anything well, else? Joshua, I, I mean, just very briefly, I know you're serving on the, um, the group with Brit um, related to, um, and I don't know the topic, the actual topic on that, but she's, she's saying that it's been really a great process. I think you guys have met at least once or, or maybe twice. Yeah, no, she's been great, and she's put together some some wonderful people. Our, our topic in particular is about indigenous uh, entrepreneurship and uh, businesses specifically focused and supporting of uh, uh, minority, for lack of a better term, uh, minority businesses. And so uh, we got a number of folks involved. Uh, but it's not just about that entrepreneurship, but it's also about employees, uh, good paying jobs, internships, and just really creating a, a vibrant community uh, that supports uh, those who are traditionally underrepresented um, <clears throat> in the business community and all facets of it and uh, all its shapes and forms and providing training certification, et cetera, et cetera. So, no, we've had some really good meetings and uh, we have some more coming up. Thanks. I did, I did, by the way, for the Cultural Arts Commission, the Arts Center Board on which I serve and uh, other things, um, readily recognize that, uh, in that in those meetings that many separate businesses are artists owned and you know, self-created, and they are artists. They they create their own organizations, their own businesses. They sell their own products, and they have their own venues for doing so. 
so we ought to be supportive of those things too. So I've 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 been clear about noting that art the arts community um, in that business venture, whatever that might be. Yeah, I made mean, note of that. That's that's actually I like that. So those the small businesses that are that are art uh, art driven or artist driven. That's that's great. Um, all right, Porter. We're to miscellaneous the unveiling of our uh, of the uh, fire station senior center uh, art piece. Yeah, um, I just want to let you all know that we are planning to have a quote unquote unveiling, not that it needs to be unveiled at this point, um, but the artwork that was the sculpture was installed at the fire station and the police or, um, senior resource center on final Friday, which is June 25th. I don't know the exact time or details yet, but we are planning to get information out about that. I don't think it'll be a lengthy thing, you know, maybe a 30 minute sort of gather out there and then let the artist say a few words and, um, and then we will um, say ta-da. But just a fun opportunity to, to formally um, accept our new artwork into the community. And, and Porter, I, I envision that that probably you or somebody will will sort of talk about how we pay for these things and how they come to be. And I don't think a, I don't think a lot of people know, you know, how how we do that percent for our. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I'll add to this too: um, Tom Harper, who many of you may know, um, was jogging by City Hall and stopped in front of the um, artwork out here, the the moving piece and um, was reading the plaque on that and realized that the artist who made that recently passed away. I think she passed away in the spring. She's a Louisiana artist. So we're working on an article just to pay some tribute and recognize her. Um, and, and the fact that that artwork happened to be um, the result of a lot of people in 1981 and 82 who raised money for that piece. So that was a public art piece, but not funded by city dollars. Um, so it's just an interesting story and a good reminder. And I have to say, mechanically, that's a remarkable piece because it's been blowing in the wind for since 1982. Um, and I don't believe it's required much maintenance at all. So that's a pretty, um, pretty uh, good tribute to a good artist. And, and if I'm not mistaken, Louisiana is not within a 50 mile radius of Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> The geography is correct, sir. Well, in 1981, with with the the tectonic in, 19, in 1981, it was it was within a 50 mile radius. <laughs> I think we need. I'm getting punchy. Yep. All right. Uh, we've Wait. go ahead, Jordan. Um, at the beginning of the meeting, I think Jerry, you were the one who um, wanted to uh, ask Porter real quickly in the miscellaneous. Uh, do we have an update on when our virtual meetings uh, can become in-person meetings? Yeah, good question, and thank you for remembering. I jotted that down and then forgot. Um, so, what we're one thing I will tell you is that all of our meetings will remain hybrid. So that um, you know, in part, right now in the city commission room, even though masks are optional in city hall. Um, it is recommended to wear masks just because we don't know who is or isn't vaccinated. 
But in the city commission room, we've chosen to keep masks um, for now under the current circumstances. We are looking at shifting in July um, that the commissioners may actually come into the room and start doing a hybrid version. So I would say if you want to, um, now the challenge we have is, is overlapping meetings. So I have to think that through. Um, and I regret that we're not at the seven o'clock start time, but that's because we have a meeting right before us. And as it happened tonight, they actually went to 727, um, unfortunately. So that's one of the challenges we face with broadcasting all these meetings. So um, I would say that it's possible to meet in July. It may be easier to wait till August till we kind of let the dust settle out on some of that, but that would be my, my somewhat not clear answer. All right. So we're still in limbo a little bit. Go ahead, Joshua. Yeah, I just have a, a, a quick bit of miscellaneous because it's literary arts. Um, the KU Common Boat Program has joined together with the Haskell. We don't have a Common Boat Program. We just put, we just tagged along um, <clears throat> with a Common Boat Program common book program and have selected braiding sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Uh, and we did this before the pandemic. We were postponed because of the pandemic and now we're bringing it back. Um, and so that had been announced and I have not read the book, but by any and all accounts, uh, from those who have, it's extraordinary. And it brings together um, Western botany, uh, science, into complete integration with indigenous and thousands of years of observation and study from indigenous people. Uh, brings both of those together and tells it in such a wonderful, enjoyable, pleasurable way. And so I'm working currently on uh, purchasing a, a number of books for our high school community. KU is doing the same. And if you haven't yet, you should also uh, in, in, you know, find yourself a copy uh, by whatever means necessary. Because uh, in no I can't remember whether it's September or November, um, or I, I'm not sure what the date is. Uh, the author will be coming to town and do a number of events in at KU campus and at high school campus. It's going to be terrific. It's going to be great. And uh, we're really excited for it. And, uh, and we're really excited for the continued uh, collaboration between the University of Kansas and Haskell uh, because we, we have peers. We have a bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-olds all studying the same stuff, doing the same things, but they're so divided. And that divide should not be the case. We have much to learn from one another. So this is a, a wonderful effort to join those opportunities. So uh, I just wanted to share that in our miscellaneous time. So check it out. This is Mary. I I echoed what Joshua just said. I bought the book last week and it's really good. Can you say the title again? 
I, I got sweet grass. I didn't quite catch the first word. Braiding. Grading? Braiding with a B. Oh, braiding. Thank you. Oh, cool. Okay, that makes sense. And there's there's a subtitle about the stories and the histories of 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 you know engaging with our animate non-human life forms. Uh, I don't I don't know that that's what she uses, um, but all things are animate in indigenous cultures. Everything is animate. They just might not be human. So. It's, it's really engaging and participatory. And, you know, we, we take care of, of corn like a family member. We take care of, of wheat like family. We take care of these things, not as something other. We take care of them as ourselves. And so this, this book kind of represents that and presents it in a really good way. I think it's good for the large community. Well, I think you just sold 12 copies right there. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for that. Um, all right, well, I think we're uh, at the end of our, our time together for this month, so I would entertain a motion to adjourn. This is Mary. I'll move to adjourn. Second. Second from Joshua. This one I know we can do with our hand. Let the record show that everybody is in agreement to adjourn the meeting. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you all. Thank you.